Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. The secret to well-being is discovering the power that is your birthright. The power to create a happier, healthier life drawn from our own vast internal resources. Join Jules and her guests as they gently guide you to shift your perspective from the familiar negative to the divinely connected, a place that will not only positively impact your world, but possibly shift the planet. It's all right here on Law of Attraction Talk Radio. Well, welcome to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I'm Jules from beautiful Southern California, and I'm so glad you could be with me tonight. We've got another great show for you, and it's all about the Law of Attraction, the power to be the co-creator that you are. We've got Dr. Ronald Rossi with us, who has a doctorate in metaphysics. And he wrote this really, really terrific book, Genesis 101, about everything in the beginning and how he can help direct you into being that powerful manifester that you came here to be. And I think that he is going to reinforce the fact that we are powerful beings. And we just did not realize how powerful we are to create the life that we want, no matter what it is. And that's the thing with the Genesis. It's the beginning of recognizing and holding your power to create, to be the person. No matter what's going on in the world, you are powerful. And if you start at the beginning... Release all of those limiting beliefs. Follow his steps. You are getting closer and closer to that place where you can stop living as a slave and begin living as the divine, powerful being that you came here to experience. So I am so delighted to have Dr. Rossi with me. So we're going to take a fast commercial break, and then we're going to be right back with this phenomenal man. Get ready, because tonight it's all about how you can become that magnificent creator that you are, that you are supposed to be. We'll be right back. It's here, it's hot, and it's a must-read. It's the science behind The Law of Attraction magazine. Every issue brings you great articles and in-depth how-tos from all your favorite Law of Attraction experts, authors, scientists, and medical professionals. Go to lawofattractionmagazine.net that's law of attraction magazine.net. Well, welcome, Dr. Rossi, to Law of Attraction Talk Radio. I am delighted to really get to know you. This is fantastic. Thank you. Well, you're very welcome, and I'm equally delighted. Yes, thank you for the opportunity. What well, my pleasure. Um, I've got I have so many questions I want to ask you. And I know that you've written a wonderful book, but I want to go into basically your background a little bit. You have a doctorate in metaphysics, which is fantastic. But what, what kind of field of study is the metaphysics? Why don't you explain metaphysics to us? Well, basically metaphysics is the branch of philosophy that examines the fundamental nature of all reality. Um, and it includes the relationship between the mind and matter. 
uh, appearance and substance and form and essence. So it's a, it's a wide chasm that houses all of the unseen workings of life itself. Okay, so is that kind of like metaf- um, um Is it kind of like quantum physics in that it's the probable reality or is it metaphysics scientific based or I know it's been it's like ancient teachings as well because it's that's metaphysical but explain it a little bit more well basically I think the the best way to bring that out is to help you understand that there's more in the unseen than there is in the seen and the laws of the universe that have been around since time itself has proven these facts. I mean, this is not a scientifically based, there's speculation in all metaphysics because, you know, we're a, we're a society that works with science and we want to see things happen. We don't necessarily believe it until we see it. But with metaphysics, if you believe it, you will see it. It's just the other way around. I mean, each, there's, there's truth in all of life and we come to these truths through our growth of the spiritual self. So the metaphysics is the glue that holds all of the laws together. Interesting. So it's the universal understanding of life itself. So metaphysics is really encompassing it. Everything. It is encompassing everything. Exactly. And there's a, there's a, you know, there's a wide variance here. And relative to the laws, I mean, the laws themselves, the universal laws, are housed under the guise of the metaphysical uh, realm, if you will. So all of the universal laws, some of which we're going to be probably talking about tonight that I talk about in my book, are a part of the metaphysical or the cosmology of metaphysics. Interesting. So how does metaphysics then relate to what happens to be my favorite subject, which is the law of attraction attraction. and creating everything. Well, again, it's, it's the house that the law of attraction lives in, if you will, to to, to try to put it in in, in simplicity. Um, and, And all of the other laws, the law of attraction, which is the, you know, the biggest law, the one that everybody seems to be, you know, talking about nowadays is um, only one of several laws that are in effect relative to the process of creation itself. So, but the law of attraction, of course, again, there's been so much said about it, so much written about it, that um, this is what everybody understands. But there's a little bit more involved, and that's what I get, I, I talk about in the book relative to the universal laws that are part of the creative process. Okay, so then let's get into your book because it's all about creating your life the way that is supposed to fulfill your life, your purpose of life. Correct. I mean, there, you know, times are changing to the point where a lot of people are feeling unfulfilled in a lot of areas of their lives and they're looking to um, bring different things into their lives uh, through these processes that, that they've been reading about relative to the law of attraction. I mean, you remember back years ago when The Secret came out, I'm sure, <laughs> this was this was something that, you know, really started the, the populace uh, looking into this type of a, of a scenario. And I remember it well because, you know, it grabbed hold of everybody and, and kind of gave them the idea and the understanding of the awareness that they could have, do, and be anything that they chose to do. And, you know, I, I think that has a lot to be said relative to the fact that it's, it has truth in it, but they didn't understand the whole process. And there were a lot of people that, that read the book and watched the movie that saw what was going on and everybody was creating all of these things, but it didn't seem to work for them. Right. You know, and this was the biggest problem. There was a lot of holes in that that whole theory, only because they didn't touch on some of the things that I talk about in the book. I mean, the law of attraction is simply what you focus on 
comes to you, what you what you pay attention to, you bring to you. That could be good, bad, or indifferent. It, it isn't always the good stuff. I mean, you have to focus on, on negativity, and you're going to bring that into your life. So the law of attraction is impartial to what it is that you're you're looking at. What you focus on expands, and in that expansion, you're you're bringing it to you. And and most of the time, people attract by default in that manner rather than by intention. And what we're looking at here is to attract by intention. You're intentionally wanting to attract things. I don't care if it's a if it's a new boat or a loving relationship, or health, or whatever it is that you, you feel that you want to add to your life that's a little bit bigger than going to the store and buying a, an item that you think you need, this requires understanding how that process works and what you have to put into it to get back from it. Okay, that sounds really interesting. Um we we do know that it is um, the law of attraction is the power of the thought, and you're a hypnotherapist as as I am as well. Um, so we know how powerful the mind is, and when you focus in on something, the unbelievable happens. Although it may take a while, but I want to ask about. How important does the heart play into it? Well, the heart is, is the home of your, from, a, from my perspective, the heart is the home of your belief system. And, you know, you're, you, you don't believe in something. In other words, you're, you're, the law of belief says that you're going to only bring into your world that which you totally have belief in. And if you don't have a belief in and having something or owning something or acquiring something, if that isn't part of your belief system, if you don't truly own that, you can't, you won't bring it into your life. It, it won't happen for you. Or if it does happen, it's going to take forever. You have, your belief system has to be in harmony with that which you see. That's the heart. That, that's coming from the heart. Your belief systems, and again, belief systems, we've been brought up with certain belief systems since we were your children, but as we grew up, we learned different things. We came into contact with different truths that harmonized more with who we are on a, on a, on a higher level, if you will. And those truths, which are basically beliefs, change. And if you can own the belief that you are a creator, you are a co-creator, and you have the ability, the, the God-given ability to be able to have whatever it is that you focus on, as long as it isn't detrimental to someone else or hurting anybody in any way, you can have it. You can do it. You can be it. But you have to own that truth. And you have to, when you own it, it belongs to your heart. So there um, is power, though, when you have the passion or the emotions that are motivating you to stay focused. Yeah. That's the passion is incredible power. It's like, as Abraham Hicks says, it's your rocket of desire right out into the universe and it's powerful. Right, right, absolutely. You know, your, your emotional guidance system is something that I talk about, you know, Looking at when you're, you're, when you're choosing something, if there's something that, you know, that you are desirous of, something that you want to bring into your life, you have to check with your emotional guidance system to see how that feels. Mm. If you were to own it, okay, and, and, and seeing yourself having it, doing it, or being it, how does that feel? If there's a, if there's a feeling of, anxiety or fear there's there's something that has to be tweaked here if you if you're seeing yourself owning it and it feels awesomely good then you are in harmony with it then you have the green light if you will to continue to to bring this to you because again what you're focusing on expands and it's what you're looking for is also looking for you but you've got to be, and this is what I talk about in my book over and over again, you've got to be a clear vessel for that 
to show up. You can't desire something and have this undercurrent of, I don't think I deserve it or I'll never be able to achieve it or any of these underlying uh, old belief systems that you probably inherited as a child due to one thing or another. Not that it was given to you intentionally to create havoc in your life, but when you're a child, your belief systems come from the uh, authority figures in your life, your parents and so on and so forth. And some of them may not have been in tune with what we need to grow with. It isn't throwing stones at your parents so much. They didn't understand it. But you have to come in contact with it, with that power. You have to be able to own that power. That is you. That's who you are. That That is what the book talks about. It talks about, it, it introduces you to you if, you, if you understand what I'm saying. It helps you understand that you are a spiritual being having a human experience with all of the power of the creator, of God, whatever you want to label it as. That is your power. You are incarnate. Of that power that is that is yours, along with every all the free will that you could possibly have to, to to go wherever you want with it. Yeah, that's that's really exciting, and that's what I love about the law of attraction. To me, it even from the secret way way back when, it's about empowering the individual to know that. They are something much more than their 3D world. Exactly. And, you know, I, I use the, the illustration of the, um, of the iceberg. And uh-huh. The fact that we, you know, we see an iceberg on the top of the water and we can see the massive size of it. But we have no idea how big it is under the water, the unseen. And, and, and this is where most of us live is in the unseen. We, we don't understand that. You know, we've got to dive deep into who we are to, to really grasp the power that we have. And this is the, this is the great awakening. This is where we are today in my belief. And, you know, this is probably the, 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 the prime target that I want to be able to shoot for is to help people awaken to, to that power and that they can choose to do anything and be anything that they choose to be in their course of their life to improve their life, you know, for, for their own good and for the good of everyone in their, their own world. Just awaken to that fact and own it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This right now, it's so important that we learn this. So I think the part of the collective consciousness is about awakening. Just as Neil Donald Walsh said, everybody really is attesting to the fact that we are awakening as human beings right now more than any other time in our history of human life. Correct. Correct. I, I, I totally agree. I read his last book in the, uh, the fourth book that he just put out. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want so much to be a part of that process to help this, this massive awakening. And if, if you know, if, if some of this information in my book can be responsible for helping somebody wake up and grasp and understand how this works. Let them work it for themselves. And I've done my job. That's all there is to it. I mean, I spent years in, in, in a complementary healthcare practice as a um, hypnotherapist, as you know, and a, an EFT practitioner to help people get rid of the blockages that were in the way of making this happen because you, you can't, I mean, knowing this stuff is great. It's, it's important and it's eye opening. It's, it's something that people gravitate to, to a new truth for themselves. They, they resonate mm-hmm. when they hear stuff like this. And, and I'm sure that I'm not telling you anything new. When you, when you read a truth that you didn't know before, but you knew you knew it unconsciously, it resonates with you. It feels like absolutely right. Absolutely. It, it, it's the most awesome feeling you could ever have in your life. And I think that's the most important thing that I enjoy doing with folks. But again, the biggest obstacle is the roadblocks. You know, the, the, uh, the belief systems that are the poor self-esteem. I mean, you name it. 
certain traumas in their lives that they think they may have overcome, but on a cellular level, that stuff is still in there. Yeah. And that those are little things that get in the way. It's it's and I use I use a lot of analogies in my book relative to uh, building a house, for instance, or a road. Let's just say a road. You're going to build a road through a, a grove of trees. You're going to knock down the trees to pave your road, but are you not going to dig down deep to get the roots from the trees out of there and the rocks and everything else that are in the way? You can't just knock the trees down without going deeper into the cause of the tree, which is the root, which right. is what I did with all of the hypnosis that I did with people. I mean, I specialize in regression therapy going to the root cause of the problems that are in the way. I mean, it's nice to know that you can do all of these things, but unless you are clear and, and, and receptive, if your soil is not fertile, this stuff isn't going to take hold. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to walk away and say, well, that didn't work. You know, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it from time to time relative to hypnosis. I mean, we all did the behavioral modifications and so on and so forth in the hypnosis. And that's all great, but if people didn't want it or didn't believe that they could have it, it oftentimes didn't work, Jules. Yeah. And then they blame hypnosis or they blame you. They're blaming everybody but themselves. (laughs) Right, right. But let's go into um, some of the steps you talk about in the book. The the going in and... Getting rid of those limiting beliefs are important, but what stage do you take the person to? Can you help them to manifest while they're in hypnosis um, their future? Well, that's something that they can do themselves because, as you know, all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. And, you know, the steps that I outline in the book are, um, first of all, they have to recognize who they are. In other words, they have to they have to understand that they are powerful co-creating beings. If they can come to that understanding and own that, even a little bit, you don't have to necessarily buy a hook, line, and sinker, but at least know that you have that ability and power. You have to recognize who you are first. And then you determine that what you're choosing to manifest. Whatever that may be. And again, it could be, uh, you know, anything from love to, uh, you know, a new home or, or whatever it is that you want. And then you have to be able to visualize yourself actually having, doing, or being that which you are looking to create. You have to bring visualization into it. And as you do that, you're going to start feeling any blockages. Because the more you focus on it or look at it or, or think about the possibilities and you bring them into your awareness, then you're going to get the feeling, the corresponding either the good feelings or the not so good feelings. Okay. Those are your, going to be your blockages. If they're, if they're negative feelings, those are your, your blockages. That has to be now taken care of. You have to be able to neutralize those in some fashion. My book, I talk about hypnotherapy or hypnosis. I talk about EFT. There's a lot of modalities that can help folks. These aren't the only two, obviously. It's just the two that I used over the years. And you verbalize your statement of intent. You literally have to verbalize your intent to own that, to create that, to bring that to you. I intend to have this. I intend to do that. Whatever, whatever that may be. It's different for everyone. And once you do that, you're basically building an etheric model of that. Okay? It's in the ethers, if you will. Um, it's invisible, but you're building it. And it's, it's part of your internal creation. So you've built this etheric model. And once you do that, you own it. And then you double check your emotional guidance system with whatever it is that you're owning. And as long as it all feels good and it feels healthy and it feels you're happy with it. You, you are intent with this. You think that this is this has been yours right along. Then you let go and know. You just let it go. In other words, you detach. Detach. The law of detachment. I talk about the law of detachment. That's part of the process. And as silly as that may sound, you 
have to detach because this is where we get hung up. We get hung up in those cursive columns. How, how is this going to happen? Listen, if you can see yourself doing it, having it, or being it, leave it alone. Don't worry about the hows. That's the universe's job. That's what people don't understand. This is not that hard. You don't have to know how. We want, we're control freaks. We have to know how to, everything is going, how everything is going to work out. We got to make plans for this. We got to decide. We have a, have a plan B. I mean, I'm not saying that that's totally stupid in, in every aspect, but for this type of effect, you have to be able to own it in your mind, see it, play with it. I mean, you, you, you talked about hypnosis. I, I don't have to hypnotize somebody to do this. This is something they do themselves. They get in, inside themselves. And again, I talk about spending time with yourself, the quiet time. You can call it meditation. You can call it anything you want. But you're actually involved in it. And as you do that, you're you're putting energy into it. You're putting power into it. You're building it. You're watering it. It's like a, a seed in the ground. You're watering it with sunshine and water. And it's going to grow, and you see it growing. You see yourself holding it, being it, doing it, smelling it, using your senses, getting totally enveloped in this finished product. Let it go. Don't worry about how it's going to get to you. Just sit back and marvel. And, you know, if you are inspired at this point, of course, the law of action is also required because you are going to be inspired to, to act on this to help help bring it to you. You can't not have any action. But that has to be God action. That has to be inspired action. That has to be an action that is coming from the heart, as you talked about, and not from the ego. And you have to be able to determine which of those two it is when you when you are called to action. Is this is this action I'm going to do in regards to trying to acquire that which I'm looking for coming from the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've noticed that when people are not in tune with themselves and their emotions and they're doing a whole bunch of repeating patterns, it's like they're blinded to the opportunities that the universe is sending them. They just can't see them because they're stuck in yeah. their blockages. <laughs> yes, that's very true. Very true. Yeah, it's, I've, I've seen it happen, you know, many times before. And, and like I said, I spent a lot of time with folks to just to just to get them to the point where they were basically fertile soil for, you know, the the the, um, the seeds that I was trying to plant. I mean, you know, you could hypnotize someone and give them seeds to be uh, a better something or to to uh, become, a, for instance, a non-smoker. For instance, I mean, which was one of the, the, the great things that we did for years with the smoking cessation. But unless they totally buy that, you know, if there's doubt in there or there's anything in there, it's like weeds. I mean, you, you wouldn't plant a garden if you had weeds in it because the weeds would choke the seeds. Right. So you definitely have to work at it, but... You need to fill yourself with the awesome power. You had mentioned regression. Do you do past life regression? And how important is the past life as far as our uh, emotions? Well, I I think it has a lot to do with it. I found over the years um, that not everybody believes in it. and, And that's all well and good. And I didn't try to sell people on the idea. But I, you know, I... I believe it always has been, but people don't understand that some of these different blockages that they have are not necessarily coming from something that they can recall in this lifetime. Um, for instance, uh, we'll just take a case I had. I remember years ago because it was quite a, an important one for this young lady who wanted a um, a new uh, a job that had come up in, in the company she was working for and that particular that particular promotion that she was looking at was going to require her to give presentations, verbal presentations. And she was capable of doing it, wanted to do it. I mean she wanted to be able to accept it, but she was deathly afraid of, of speaking in public. And which is something that a lot of folks are yeah. of course I asked her 
you know, well, when did something like, you know, was there a traumatic event in some part of your life that you can recall? And she couldn't recall a thing. She says, no, I, you know, I didn't have anything like that that I could possibly even lean on to tell you that this was a problem. So I introduced the concept of doing a regression to look for the cause because there, for every effect, Jules, there has to be a corresponding cause. It can't just show up. It's coming from somewhere. So without any further ado, she agreed. She says, let's do whatever it is that you do. And we went through the process and I did a major regression. And then from there, we just slipped back into what would be perceived as a past life uh, occurrence. And in that occurrence, she saw herself as a slave girl mm. who was on the block, young girl um, who was in the process of being sold. But in those days, um, unfortunately, uh, it's hard to believe that we were as barbaric as we were not I mean, 200 years ago or less than that. But they were, you know, they were in complete undress which is the most humiliating thing that anybody can do in front of all of these men that were looking to purchase her. And that form of being on display was what was stopping her from going forward relative to this job because she saw herself doing these presentations as being on display. And on a cellular memory, this was what, was making the fear so prevalent in her life. Interesting. And you know, she didn't she didn't remember any of that. She didn't know that that took place. But what we did is we healed it from that perspective and let it go. And she was able to come out of that and feel more comfortable and confident to take that particular position in the uh, in the company that she worked with. And she was very grateful for that. I mean. Whether she totally believed what took place in that doesn't matter. Interesting. So that what was the what did you tell her to help her heal from it? How did you well, get her to let it go? Okay. Well, what I did is I brought her, her current self into the picture with the self that she was seeing as a uh, slave girl. So I had the two of them be able to be together. And what we did is we just, I introduced her to the fact that this is not who she is anymore. And that it was okay to let it go from that perspective, that this is not who she is and that she grew from that and that she needed that girl as a part of herself. Because basically that's a, that's a, fragmentation of the soul. That's a part of the soul process as the soul goes through various lifetimes over and over again. Yeah. There's fragments that that shuffle off in the, in the courses of various traumas and experiences that we have. And then, you know, and there's all of these pieces of prior selves that are around us that have been traumatized at one point or another. And we need to be able to bring those back here into the heart of your current self. And understand that this is something I went through, but I'm okay. I survived from that. And I need her here. I need her with me to go forward and to be stronger as a person in, in today's world. And that's how we were able to heal it. She let it go from there. That is really fascinating. And I really liked what you said. It didn't matter. She actually believed it or not because whatever was going on it was still the reflection of her own emotions at that time that was stopping her from going so that that is absolutely brilliant and i love how you brought her present self back into with the slave gal and yeah. i think that wow i haven't heard of that before that's brilliant that's really brilliant yeah, we did, we did a lot of that over the course of time because you, you know, you had to realize your current self is, is a part of this process. And, you know, whatever it is that you're, what you're experiencing on a, on a perceived past life, that's you too because they feel, I mean, she was feeling all of it. 
she was emotionalizing totally with this slave girl. She felt the fear. She felt the embarrassment. She felt all of it. She felt the poking and prodding of these prospective buyers as they poke their body. I mean, that's that's very how, how invasive can that possibly be? So you you can see where the damage uh, occurred on a cellular level. Again, I mean, and she she died in that life, and she and you know we didn't go through that part of it, but you know that life ended in some fashion, and another life came up. And so she's had many many experiences since then, but that was the the, the black mark. That was the triggering mechanism that erupted when she thought about getting up and talking in front of people or being on display, when people turned around or people looked at her, a group of people. Mm -hmm. Isn't that interesting? Um, you know, that makes me think that in previous lives, we were everything. I mean, I was a man, I was a woman, I was um, black, I was red, I was everything. And that all of those issues were brought in with me. So is there a time that you can heal before you get back to earth? Can you heal on the plane that you're at while you're figuring out what you're going to come back as? Well, yes, I believe you can. But a lot of times when we are choosing to come back, which we do, we choose, um, we choose for the reasons of kind of settling up, if you will. Uh, we put ourselves in places and circumstances that are going to give us an opportunity to make right certain wrongs or to, um, you know, heal and grow. Through various, but see, the problem is we don't, we don't know that consciously. I mean, on a, on a, on a spiritual plane, prior to our um, coming into this life, we have a set of things that we want to accomplish, you know, to grow, to become more fulfilled. But the veil drops as we come into the consciousness because we don't have space in our conscious mind for the memories of all of the things that uh, we were. Yeah. So it's a, it's a difficult thing. I mean, I think most of the healing takes place while you're in physical form. That's my feeling. Inner. But we, we give ourselves the opportunity to make that happen. We bring in the players in this, in this life because we have agreements with everybody that we experience life with for these different things. And, you know, that, that sounds a little bizarre because, you know, people, that was probably one of the most difficult things that I had to deal with relative to some of the things. I mean, let's take it for granted that you don't want to take it for granted, but the, the idea that people will say women in particular who come from a, a scenario of rape and incest, which is probably the most horrible thing on the planet. And, you know, you, you call that into action. I can't, I can't sell them that bill of goods. Like, you, you know, you designed that. I mean, you know, if I said that, I'd have had to run away because they'd probably chase me out of the room. But <laughs> That's so I had, true. I had to help them understand that, you know, this is something that has been orchestrated for something to learn from. You know, the players are all involved. And again, this, this gets a little depthful, but for somebody who's not even anywhere near that thought process, you've you got to be very careful with how you place that. That was probably the, 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 the toughest balancing act that I had to do during the course of my practice to tell somebody, well, you, you asked for it. You know, you, you called that in for a particular reason. Both players. That's right, because, you know, that's the basics for the law of attraction or for creating is taking responsibility for all your creations, the good, bad, and the ugly that's already happened in your life because you've been creating since you were a baby. And that's even right. in the womb, you've been creating even though you didn't know what you were doing. So it's like we have to take responsibility and it's too easy to become a victim. But I, I've had a lot of my clients were 
nor naturally a victim. And right. there's very few that understood that they had the power to to understand that they were responsible. Wouldn't you agree? I would absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. So and, you know they're responsible by by way of their thoughts. You know that's the most important thing. Is everything starts in thought. Everything, the birth of of everything is thought. You know if 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 they think in any way, shape, or form in a negative fashion like that, or, or they house fear of that, fear of being abused, or fear of being, you know, abandoned, or fear of any of those things. And if you're focusing on that, what do you think is going to happen? Okay, so I've got listeners right now that would be saying, how long does it take for it to manifest? How long does my mind in that terrible state for it to actually manifest into my reality. I think it. I think it depends on the the um, the intensity of the vibrational field that you create with your thoughts and emotions, because you're creating a, you know a vibrational uh, frequency. Everything is based on frequency. The higher the frequency, you know, the quicker things manifest. The slower the frequency, the slower they manifest. Okay. You have to understand the law of vibration because everything everything comes from that. That's the that's the basis of everything. Your thought, every thought that you think creates some frequency of vibration. If you think about it just occasionally, you're not creating much of a, a of a frequency of consistent nature. But if you're focusing on it all the time, if you're if you've created uh, what's a phobia for instance, about something. A phobia is a fear of a fear. I mean, it's an intense fear. If you've created that, you are going to probably see it a lot quicker than you would like to see it. So, yeah. you know, you can do it with the bad. Why can't you do it with the good? <laughs> good point. I like that. <laughs> so, how do you get, in from your book, how do you get yourself feeling into that place where you can start creating from love, from creation, from the universe's good graces? How do you get there? Decide that you own it. Decide that it's it's something that you are. You are love. You are totally, completely spirit-bound in a human form. You're, you're having a human experience. You're a spiritual being. From love, you are created from love, so you are love. You are created from a creator that has nothing but total love for you. You're not alone. You just own that. You have to. You have to come from the place of owning the fact that you are that. You're. You're not gonna just. It's. It's not gonna change overnight. You have to introduce yourself first of all to these these ideals and concepts, and and make sure that they harmonize with. I mean, if you think it's all fooey and you don't buy it, well, then you're not in the right place for it. You're not going to experience it at this time. It doesn't mean that you won't, but it's like going through various grades of school, I think, uh, where you get to a certain level and you understand things a little bit better. You get to know the what ifs. I mean, I like to play the what ifs game. I think that's a good thing for, for a lot of People, you know, if whatever it is that you want to bring to you, what if I did that? What if I can do that? What if, uh, you know, and, and go with that and let your emotional guidance system take you from there to see what that tells you. And then if you are in harmony with it, it's all about being in harmony. Tools. You have to be in harmony with anything that comes across your mind that you feel that you want to bring into your life. And if it's not a part of your belief system, or it never was, and you start to play the what-if game, then all of a sudden, well, you know, maybe maybe so. You know, just maybe. And see how it fits. It's like it's like going to the store if you were going to buy a pair of shoes. You, you wouldn't just walk in there and say, I'm a size 10, give me a size 10, and I'm just going to take those home. Now, you're going to wear them. You're going to put them on. You're going to walk around in them a little bit to make sure that your investment 
is going to be sound and that you're going to get your money's worth out of those shoes. It's no different. So you put yourself into a new suit, if you will, but it's an effort suit. It's a different, it's a different mindset, a different, a different look of, of who you are in life. You can change your whole makeup that way. Yeah. Right. So let me give you this scenario, um, because I know a lot of people who are especially new to the law of attraction, they were teased in by the fact that they could become this millionaire, they could win the lottery, they can do anything because they think that the money is going to relieve all of their issues. So say a person goes up and wants to buy a, a $10 worth of lottery ticket. What happens then? You know, chances are they're not going to win. But what would you tell that person that is so intense, so passionate, that by golly, they got to win something? Right. Well, you know, you have, to, you have to focus on the end result. You have to focus on winning and seeing yourself with this windfall. I don't care what it is. Whatever figure, you know, and let's make it reasonable for those those beginners. Reasonable. I'm not talking about a million dollars or 10 million or any of those crazy figures. Reasonable that you want to win something, that you want to feel that excitement of winning. And, you know, make it high enough that, that it's going to be exciting for you. I mean, you know, it's going to get your adrenaline moving, but realistic, okay? Seeing yourself doing that and owning it feeling it and, and, and actually holding the money and feeling, moving it around, smelling it, using it to cover yourself with it, do all kinds of crazy things with it. See yourself buying the lottery ticket. See yourself watching the results, wherever the results are posted, whether it's in the, on the TV or in the, in the newspapers or wherever it is, and seeing yourself noticing that your number came in and feeling the excitement that goes with it. You have to incorporate all of that, you've got to incorporate as much of your senses as you possibly can in that end result and owning it. So, but, but this is where your book comes in because this, if they don't believe that they're worthy of even $5,000, they're not going, that's going to stop them. And that's where your book takes them away from that limiting belief into understanding and removing them, right? Correct. And, it, you know, it gives them it gives them the knowledge or the, the awareness, let's put it that way, the awareness that they've got these roadblocks and you've got to be able to circumvent that. You've got to neutralize it. You've got to make it to that, that it isn't a, a factor that's going to stand in your way anymore. You've got to be able to handle that. You've got to have... And, you know, some folks are going to need help with that. There's no question about it. I mean, those of us that are in the field, we understand what to do with it, whether you've ever used BFT or whether you've used self-hypnosis. I don't care whatever it is that you feel that you want to gravitate to. You may need to be able to do it yourself, but you may need to seek help for it. Yeah. So it takes it takes a little effort. You know, to build a house doesn't just magically, you know, come out of thin air. Yeah. You've, you've got to go through a little bit of process here. you got to dig the foundation. I know and that Arnold Schwarzenegger used to say that he made his first 10000 And with that first 10000 the next day he says, okay, how am I going to make my next 10000 Because he believed he and he saw that he could manifest $10,000. So he goes on. He's at this self-belief that he is powerful and that he did it. So he's just going to go step by step. And to this day, he's multi, multi, multi-millionaire. He and, and Tony Robbins, the same thing. He heard Tony Robbins' story, you know, from a, from a, a short, fat, little, little kid <laughs> to, the, to the powerful individual that he is today. Yeah. I mean, he, he believed nothing else. And again, what you focus on expands, but you had, he had all of the ingredients that I talk about. He understood these, these, these ideals, these concepts, these universal laws, and he saw nothing but the end result. If you see nothing but the end result and you live there, 
it's got to come to you. It can't not come to you, Jules. It's impossible that it can't come to you. But you've got to own it emotionally, in your heart, everything. You've got to totally buy into the whole package. You can't just buy a corner of it and hope for, hope for the best. Right, right. Now, I'm a firm believer in um, EFT, where you can tap out some of those feelings, the, the blockages out, and that's fast. And I've fast. seen it. Yes, it is. And, and they've perfected it. The, the, uh, the, the process of it has been perfected and tweaked over the years. I mean, since I started it. When I first saw EFT, when I had my practice, uh, I was doing, obviously, all hypnosis for the most part. I had a couple of partners, and um, I, I couldn't believe this. I called the, the partner. I said, look, at, we got to take a look at this. Watch this. And we looked at one another, and we said, you know what? We, we don't even need hypnosis anymore with this, with this stuff. It was unbelievable, although I devised a system that worked with both. And I would often put, put use uh, EFT while the individual was in the, the hypnotic state, especially uh, to relieve various forms of trauma. And I'd have them literally tapping on the other self, if you will, to oh, relieve it from its origin. Because it's all about the origin. You have to get to the initial sensitizing event and neutralize it. It's like an inverted pyramid. If yeah. You will. Yeah. And if you take out that bottom block, the rest of them fall away. Interesting. That's brilliant. Brilliant. Now, so you wrote your book, Genesis 101, and the title of that was because of? The beginning. It's a new beginning. Genesis is the beginning. That's I took that, obviously, from the Bible. The, the, you know, the, the book of Genesis is all about the beginning of life as we know it from the Creator. And I talk about that right from the beginning, a little bit about um, how the world was created based on biblical scripture. And that whole concept of the word, God spoke the word, or spirit spoke the word, the vibration of the word created various forms of life on earth, you know, from the simplest to the more complex over the course of the seven days as it was told in the Bible. But that whole process that the creator used to create what we now know as the world or the universe or whatever whatever you want to put on it is the same process that we use in our world. Mm. The very same process from the word and the vibration and the belief and the knowing and the letting go and all of it is all part of how you create a new boat or a new car or a new job or a loving relationship or a, a healthier being. I don't care what you want to create. You're, you're, you're going to create anyway. Everybody does. We are co-creators as we come into the world. Everything that we have, we've created in, in some fashion. We have. Absolutely. Some of it by default. Some of it by intention. Some of it took a while. Some of it didn't depending on our intent. Interesting. Very good. Very good. Now, do you still see clients, or do you do coaching? or? Well, I, I, I don't see clients too much anymore. I, I kind of semi-retired from my practice, but I, I recently retired from another job that I had opening up the doorway to possibly reopening my practice. But as I got thinking about it, I thought to myself it would be easier for me to uh, go out and do workshops and seminars and talk about this and help people understand it face-to-face -face rather than wait for somebody to walk in the door. Um, so I am doing uh, that kind of thing. I'm doing uh, speaking engagements and so forth. But I also am um, offering to do um, life coaching to help people um, through, you know, emails on the phone, uh, Skype chat, however it is that we can get it done and help people get to the places where they want to get to that way, as opposed to sitting down and doing hypnotic sessions and so on and so forth. I, I, I'm not doing that. I do on a local basis, but if I'm broadening my scope here to 
beyond where I live. I have to do it by other means. But I want them to understand. I want them to awaken to who they are. That's right. the most important thing that I could possibly do. And, oh. and support them. Not just, I don't want to feed them all of this this stuff. And, you know, everybody's been to motivational seminars and it's cool. It's neat. You get all excited. And then when you get home, you go, uh, what do I do now? You know, I mean, I get all excited and then it burns out when you get home and the first little problem that comes up neutralizes you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know, we've all been there. <laughs> so are, are you going to be doing then um, like webinars that you can have like multiple groups of people and that you can keep on going back with them? Is that is that what you're going well, to? Yeah. Yes, eventually this is what I want to get to. I'm not quite there yet only because I've just started to build a platform for my, my speaking engagements, which is just about just about ready, and I'm working on getting that going. Uh, of course, I'm available to talk to anybody anytime as far as speaking with them. Um, I had no problem doing that, and I would turn no one away. But, um, you know, the webinar thing, um, you know, is something that I ultimately will be doing as well. Great, great. And... What about your future? You just told us your future plans that you're going to really uh, go to town with the speaking, and your book is going to, I know, bring you a lot of new new people who are trying to understand the their power. So, um, I'm also going to be writing another book. I, ah, I don't <laughs> so yes, and I, you know, I want to bring it into another level. Of uh, you know the dynamics of the self, the dynamics of this being we call human, and uh, you know what it has, what it's here to do, and and from a level of being basically a god particle, the same association. That's basically where I'm going to go with the next work. I hope to get that started very shortly. That sounds wonderful. Now. If people want to buy your book, Genesis 101, where do they go to purchase it? Well, I have a uh, professional website that they can go to, um, which is www.ronaldrazzyauthor.com. And on that site, there is a short video of me explaining a little bit about the book. Can, but there is also they can buy it from Amazon and from Barnes and Noble and from most um, uh, online bookstores. You'll have it. But if they want to contact you because perhaps they want to talk to you about past life regressions or or something of that nature, or they just maybe want to ask you some questions, how do they get to you? They can contact me personally. I would recommend our our um, metadoc m e t a d o c at gmail.com. And they if they wrote to me uh, explaining that they had heard me on this um, interview mm -hmm. and they had questions about anything, they wanted me to call them or contact them. I would be more than happy to do so. Great, great. And you wrote a really great article. Um, in the Law of Attraction magazine, and I hope everybody goes and reads that because it's about picking up the torch. And by golly, isn't that what it's all about right now? Not sitting there, but doing it. Pick it up, do it, and run with it. That's got me so excited. I love that article. Well, thank you very much. It was a, it was an honor to be a part of that, and you know, I. I I don't believe in accidents, uh, Jules, by any stretch of the imagination. Everything in our lives is synchronistically orchestrated, and it's, it's, you know, it's just awesome that, you know, we got together, that I had the opportunity when I contacted you to become a part of your magazine. And not only that, but one that uh, featured Neil Donald Walsh, who's been one of my mentors over many, many years, him and... Uh, so it was an awesome, awesome honor to be a part of that, and I'm just I'm thrilled to be to know of your magazine, the fine work that you've been doing, and the articles that you have in your magazine, and the way you make everything come alive in there. <laughs> it really it blew me away. I, I got to tell you, it blew me away. I wrote the article, but you dressed it up. I I I, 
It wouldn't have been the same. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have a good team, but yeah, we like and we yeah. like making feel people feel good. So that's what it's all about. Just that. Well, Dr. Rossi, thank you so much for coming on and for writing that beautiful article and for the book Genesis 101. I'm really excited, and and I know that um, we're going to know each other for a long, long time. Yes, ma'am. You can believe that. <laughs> thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back next week with another great show from Law of Attraction Talk Radio. If you'd like to comment on tonight's show, send an email to jules at loaradionetwork.com. And have a great week. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.